You're listening to Simple Rich Radio, episode number 89. And today we're doing a little Q&A, what we call Breakfast with Alexa. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back. I'm your host, Alexa. And as always, this is a place to get healthy, live happy, and find joy. And I'm so excited to dive into today's episode because it's a fun little breakfast with Alexa. I just tell you everything that I would tell you if we got to sit down at a coffee shop and just do life together. So that's what I want to make this show about. I've gotten some great questions that I wanted to answer here, including what's happening in my own health journey. What do you do when your family doesn't care? What about supplementation? We're diving into caffeine a little bit more, and I'm even giving you a little preview of what's coming up this summer. And one more thing that I wanna talk about in today's show is creating healthy summer rhythms. Because I don't know about you, but my kids are done with school. It's full-fledged summer that started just today. And I feel like it's just one of those moments where you just have to say, Jesus, take the wheel. But more than that, is I wanna have healthy rhythm so that I'm not just reacting to life around me, but I mean very proactive with what's going on so that I can continue to live kind of a slow-paced summer, really soak in the present and live in health and yet still accomplish some things because girl has to still accomplish things, right? So I'm gonna talk about that and to go along with that on creating healthy summer rhythms, I've created a free download for this show. So you're gonna to wanna to head over to the show notes that's simpleroutswellness.com backslash 089 to get all the information on today's show, including that free guide, which is gonna kind of walk you through creating your own healthy summer rhythms. Like I said, we're gonna dig into that today and talk a little bit more about that, but you can head on over there, print that off and kind of start filling it out. I know it just seems like one more thing that you have to do, but I can assure you that sometimes just thinking about what's worked well, what hasn't, what you want from this summer can start to piece it all together so that you can actually accomplish that rather than just wish for it. So head on over there to do that. But now let's get back to today's show, Breakfast with Alexa. I haven't done one of these shows in a while and I'm really kind of excited to be doing this. Like I said, I thought it was like a good intro into summer given we just came off Memorial Day. Many kids are getting out of school. I know there are some schools around here that are still in session for another week or so, but our kids are actually done. So I'm sorting through what I'm gonna do with my kids, how I'm gonna entertain them all summer, and yet how are we going to make this the best summer yet? And I know everyone says that, but I really find that I'm getting to a place, which I'm kind of giving you a spoiler of what I wanna talk about later, is that for so long, I just chased and wished for the next season, and I'm realizing that's not a fun life to live. And we've kind of gone through this season of death in our family where we've had more funerals this year than I've gone to in many years combined. And I'm just realizing like at the end of it all, none of the stuff that people chase after like money and fortune and and numbers and all this stuff, really, it doesn't matter, right? Um, And instead it's the legacy and the memories that were created and and eternity, obviously. Um, Again, all of that we're gonna talk about later, but it got me thinking about summer and that's why I created these summer rhythms and why I wanna help us just to slow down and be more present and yes, have goals and dreams and things that you want to achieve, but not be so focused into those that you can't see what's happening on in front of you. Like I said, I lived most of my married life chasing things and it wasn't healthy for my marriage. It wasn't healthy for the sake of my kids and really just trying to slow down the summer and really enjoy even the midst of trying to to sort out how I'm going to get my work done um, and balancing that all. So we're going to talk about that. 
But before we get there, I always have to tell you what I'm loving for breakfast. Now, this might be on repeat, but the two things that I'm really loving right now is I've been making this spiralized sweet potato Mediterranean bowl for breakfast. Sounds a little more complicated than it actually is, but what we do is I first love my spiralizer. One of the best purchases that we've made, we spiralize vegetables, especially sweet potatoes all the time, and then I just cover them in olive oil, put them in the oven on like a pizza pan, one of the ones with holes in it, like an aerated pizza pan, and bake it at 350 degrees for 20 minutes, and they just get crispy. Now, my husband likes them fried in a pan better, but this is so much easier than frying them in a pan because when you spiralize a sweet potato, there's like a lot of volume. It cooks down a ton, but that's why I like to bake them. So I bake them, and then I just store them in the refrigerator, and I pull them out, and what I've been adding to that in the morning is, so I have spiralized sweet potatoes, I've been adding chopped olives, tomatoes, spinach, a little bit of goat cheese and pesto sauce, and then I top it with fried eggs. Of course, I warm all of that up or just put it all in a pan, minus the goat cheese. Um, warm it all up so it's warm, add my fried eggs, and then top with goat cheese. It is so good, so filling and so comforting. So that's my quick Mediterranean bowl. The only thing that I had to pre-prep for that is those spiralized sweet potatoes. Everything else is just kind of chop it up and put it in a pan and serve it. The other thing that I'm really loving is coconut yogurt parfaits. I've really grown to love coconut milk yogurt. I've been making it at home. I'm gonna post the video on how you can make your own coconut milk yogurt, literally two ingredients, maybe three if you wanna add a little bit of vanilla. But I made a video over on Facebook Live. I'll add that into the show notes so you can see that video. But I've been really loving it. Now here's the thing about coconut milk yogurt parfaits, and I don't know if you've made homemade coconut milk or not, coconut milk yogurt, excuse me, or not. But the thing about coconut milk yogurt that I'm finding is that it, doesn't last very long, which obviously, right, has no preservatives in it, but you really have to make it and eat it really within a week. Otherwise, it will start to grow mold. But eating it within a week is obviously not hard to do either. But I've been making homemade coconut milk yogurt, which doesn't have a ton of flavor. It has no sugar added to it. But what I do is I add it to with like sweet cherries and I try to add two different kinds of fruits, but inside my yogurt, I'm able to mix in collagen powder and I've been using mega food energy powder um, or energy boost. I can't think of the exact name of it and some vitamin C powder. So I'm able to mix all these add-ins into that yogurt and mix it all up. I pour it on top of my chopped fruit and then I drizzle it with a little bit of honey and put some muesli on top. It is so good. Just has so many different layers and textures and flavors. And it's, it's not too sweet, but just enough sweet that it really satisfies I don't know, it just satisfies all those cravings. So those are the two things that I'm really, really loving. Now here's one thing that I wish I had, and that's a summer drink. So you know in the winter, I'm like a sucker for chai tea and my warm matcha tea and golden milk lattes. Now the thing is, I've been really trying to give up caffeine, and so that means my matcha consumption has gone way down, considering green tea still has caffeine. Although, like I said in the post um, on matcha, which again, I can link up in the show notes, is that that type of caffeine is actually different than caffeine that's found in energy drinks or pop or black tea. So it's a more, it's, it's a slow releasing caffeine, so it doesn't have the same effect. So I don't find that matcha makes me jittery like caffeine has been doing lately because I've given it up for so long. And the other day I went and had a black tea from Starbucks 
And literally my heart started racing and I couldn't figure it out. I was like, I didn't walk upstairs. Like I didn't go for a run. I took my pulse even because my heart was just racing and I just felt like jittery. I don't know how to describe it, but it just felt weird. And it hit me that I'm really sensitive to caffeine. And I do know this. I've been tested and know that I kind of have an intolerance to caffeine. And so, of course, I recognize that. Now, I'm always like kind of a moderation person that I I rarely am an all or none, Um, but I just like to listen to my body. And obviously my body's saying, well, this amount of caffeine, not okay. No, I don't feel that with the matcha, but I definitely felt it with that black tea. So now I will be getting a decaf. I see when I go there or to any coffee shop for that matter, but just something good to take note. So I am looking for a drink for summer that's refreshing, has a little flavor, comforting, Um, I just like to start my day um, with slow mornings, and that's one of the things that I really look forward to. And so if you have any ideas, please just send me an email or leave a comment in the show notes or over on social media and let me know what your favorite summer drink is. But there is the ice matcha version, which I could totally go for. I'm still kind of a sucker for the warm drink. So we'll see what I come up with. Maybe later on this summer, I'll showcase what I've learned But that's what I'm loving for breakfast, which if you wanted to know five minutes worth of what I'm loving to eat, we could talk about this all day long, (laughs) but you probably want to move on to better things. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit more about caffeine because I've had some crazy cool testimonials come in. Now, you know that when we've been talking about hormones kind of all spring long, and if if you're new to Simple Words Radio, you can go back and listen to some of the previous podcasts. Um, There's one about everything women should know, menopause. um, There's some Facebook posts and Instagram posts you can go back on. But one of the things was a caffeine detox. And what we've learned with hormones is that caffeine can disrupt our hormonal flow. It can disrupt precursors. It can disrupt the detoxification pathway so we can't metabolize and break down and get rid of extra hormones very well. And so we can get a buildup. Now, when people have a hormonal imbalance, oftentimes we see that they are caffeine insensitive. So they can't consume a lot of caffeine without having negative detrimental effects. And in fact, caffeine can actually cause people to feel more sluggish and more tired, can be a very big stress on the body. So I kind of challenge everyone to go through this caffeine detox. Now, there were some people who took it very seriously and they actually did it. And I had the most amazing testimonial come back from this. And she was telling me about how a year ago she was going to multiple different doctors because her period was so heavy and she bled for so long. So she would spot for five to seven days before getting her period. And then she would have a full blown massively heavy period for seven days. And so she was just bleeding for over half the month, which is really annoying in general, but also can be really harmful to your body. So she was going to different doctors and they were talking about doing different kinds of procedures. Well, anyway, she got a hold of my caffeine blog post and podcast and she decided to go caffeine free just to try different things and try and regulate her hormones. Well, after being caffeine free for a month, she had her first period where she had no bleeding before her period and her period only lasted for four days like she was amazed and this has been going on for a couple of months now but she really feels like her period has her menstrual cycle has greatly regulated and she no longer has the abnormal bleeding that she was having for so long and she says the only thing that she really did was take out caffeine now a lot of people are like whoa now when I got that I was like wow like 
I mean, I hear about and I learn about the power of these things and interfering with our hormones. But to hear stories like that, where just the simple removal of caffeine has significantly changed her outcome for the better. And she no longer has to go through these procedures. She feels better, obviously, and is not miserable. Having a menstrual cycle for that long um, really has changed her life as well. And so it's so cool to see that just small, simple changes can make a huge difference. And just to showcase how much power food really does have in our body. So if you want to learn more about caffeine and what it's doing, again, I'll link all that up in the show notes, but so fascinating. So I really have been finding that I have so much more energy when I don't consume caffeine. Unfortunately, I just love things that taste good, drinks with flavor. I mean, who doesn't, right? So trying to find the caffeine-free or the low-caffeine alternatives that I can have, you know, once a day because it's nothing more than a habit, really, at the end of the day. Um... But I'm all about being realistic and not just eliminating things, but finding healthy alternatives. And so that's what I'm out to do. But if you're still struggling with your hormones, just a good thing of maybe you should try going caffeine free for a period of time, you know, a month to six weeks and see how your body really does respond because you're either going to notice it or you're not, or you're not going to notice it until you drink it again like I did. And then you're really going to notice it. So there's a little challenge for you, but I want to keep moving because I have a few questions that I want to answer. First question is, and this is a really great question that I got. She said, what are your feelings on supplements in general? I haven't looked all the way back in your podcast, but maybe there's one on that topic. I have always thought that food is enough, but I'm reading so much about vitamins and supplements these days. I'm not sure what to do. And I thought this was a great question because I feel like I haven't, one, talked about supplements much at all. I don't think there's even a podcast that's specific to supplements. I talk about and recommend certain supplements in different podcasts. But just speaking on them as a whole in general, my philosophy on supplements, and I totally agree with her, is that back in my college days, I thought supplements were not needed at all. In fact, I remember getting into a slight argument or disagreement with my husband's roommate at the time who was taking a lot of supplements. And I just remember thinking, if you ate a healthy diet, you wouldn't have to take all these supplements. And instead, you think these supplements are filling in the gaps for an unhealthy diet, right? Like he was like, typical college student living on pizza and ramen noodles. And my argument was like, you're not doing your body any favor and you wouldn't need to buy all these expensive supplements if you would just eat well. And I didn't take supplements for a long time, but here's what I'm learning. One, I do agree that you can't take supplements to even out an unhealthy diet. Like it just doesn't work that way. But on the other hand, for anyone, I think supplements are vital. I think they're crucial for the majority of people, if not everyone. So whether your body needs it or not, I think it's just a good buffer because the majority of us really are deficient in something. And there's all kinds of things like lack of energy, lack of mitochondrial function, um, lack of cellular repair, lack of detoxification, uh, lack of mind and focus. And so many things can just come from a lack of vitamin and mineral consumption. And what we're learning is that our food system just doesn't have the nutrient value that it used to, and therefore almost all of us are deficient. And you combine that with the fact that our environment is also more toxic, so our body's under a heavier burden these days that we need more in order to process better. And so my take on supplementation is that yes, almost everyone needs supplementation, if not everyone. It doesn't have to be a lot. And remember, these are just supplements. These aren't the end-all, be-all. These are just to help come alongside an already healthy diet and kind of boost 
boosted along. So I believe in supplements, but because I've been getting this question a lot, I am having an expert come on actually next week or the week after. Uh, And I'm just going to ask her about supplementation and the need for it in the body and what her recommendations are based on that. So like I said, I think supplements are very specific. You can get blood testing done or you can just start with a basic multivitamin. I think that there is a lot of power in them. I'll link up some of the supplements that I recommend in the show notes. Um, Specifically for me, I do something called methylation. So I I take supplements based on my my methylated uh, cycles in my body. I take supplements based off of my methylation pathways and... That's really complex and it takes me going into an office and getting that tested. Not sure if you can do that overline or how you would ever figure that out without going to someone, but methylation, if you ever have the option or hear about methylation, it's totally worth doing. Um, But yes, I do take supplements. My husband takes supplements. He doesn't do methylation, but he just takes like the basic supplementation and he really finds a lot of value from that too. Well, I think he finds a lot of value from that. (laughs) I just put it in a pill keeper and he doesn't even know what he's taking. He just takes it. That sounds really awful, but truth, right? Here's a question that's also really great. What do you do when your family doesn't care? And I assume this question meant, what do you do when your family doesn't care about health, but you do, right? And this is so common. We see this all the time is that one family member cares about health and the rest of them really don't. They they kind of push against it and fight it a little bit, especially if you're the one cooking the majority of the meals and buying the groceries. This can be really, really hard. But here's the thing about health is I believe we can't force anyone into it. In fact, forcing someone into it can make them more rebellious and more angry about it. So I think food is all going to boil down to a mindset and having a healthy mindset. I even struggle with this with our kids and the fact that I don't want to force them to be healthy. I want to help encourage them to make their own decision to be healthy. And that can look like a lot of different things. But in a lot of cases, this means being flexible with their wants and their needs to not just put an end to all of it, but to allow them to make wise decisions or to live and learn and in the end, make wise decisions. So instead of saying, no, you can't have that, we talk about, do you think it's gonna make your body feel good or how did you feel good eating it? Trying to make them aware of relating what they ate with how they feel. Because I think if we can keep that mind-body connection happening, then we know that we'll naturally crave foods that make us feel better. People want to feel good, but a lot of times we don't make the correlation that what we eat makes a difference in how we feel. And so rather than telling my kids, no, you can't have that cupcake at school. No, you can't have that piece of candy. You know, I say, you know, yes, that's fine. You can make your own decision. But remember that this is sugar and it's probably not going to make your body feel very good. So maybe you should have it with something else or reminding them on how to take care of their body. So maybe you should just have a little bit or, you know, you can make the decision on whether you want it or not. Um, And I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I feel like not pressuring children and not pressuring family members into health and just letting them to experiment and be open-minded on their own is really, really powerful. So now I can find that the less I've pressured my kids into not eating certain things, I can see them turning them down on their own because they put the correlation together of, yeah, cake doesn't make me feel good. So I'd rather just have maybe a little bowl of ice cream because ice cream seems to settle better with them. So yes, maybe evil for evil, but we're still finding that they're eating less and less of the sweet sweet foods and being less obsessed with them. Um, this is a learning process. And I noticed that my kids really don't start to pick up on it. It's just now when my, my oldest is six or seven, she's really starting to make those associations. My four-year-old and especially my three-year-old is a closet candy eater. Anytime candy gets brought home from school or something, she'll sneak away with it. 
Now I have, I, I don't want to scar her from that, right? And um, make her want to go to the closet and eat because there are real life closet eaters. It's really common and binge eating is really common. So not making it a big deal, but also being stern about that. Um, it's a fine line. And I think when we're talking more specifically about husbands is that, or spouses, is that we can't force them to do anything. The only thing that we can really control is the food that comes into the house. So especially for our kids, maybe not for our spouse, but control what we can control and don't worry about anything else. The most important thing is taking care of you because you are really going to lead by example. People are watching you and they want what you have. And if you do this in the right way, I think the best thing that we can do for our family is just be that example of what health really looks like. Health in a non-restrictive, non-depriving, non-starvation kind of way. Health that just feels good and looks good because the more energy and happiness and joy that we have, the more contagious that is and the more they want it. But if they see just constant deprivation and starvation and restriction, no one wants that, right? So then you're gonna start to get this battle going on and that battle can last a long, long time. I even think about my my husband and he refuses to eat peas because he has no other reason than he was forced to eat peas in third grade. Like that's what he remembers. Like I was forced to sit there and finish my peas in third grade. And therefore he doesn't even know if he likes them or not. He just associates peas with bad things and therefore doesn't eat them. This is really, really common in people is that they have bad associations with food because of um, deprivation or because they were forced upon or they were forced to finish their plate. And now there's all kind of food issues going on. So I think the best scenario we can have is let people make their own decisions. Yes, inform them, um, especially of informing them to listen to their body try and control what they can control, help them out. And, you know, like that's fine if you want to go eat that, but maybe we could have a snack before we go or adding little healthy things in. So it's not about rejection, but it's about trying to replace with positive rather than negative. I know easier said than done, but at the end of the day, we can't force health on anyone. They really have to accept it as their own. And that's the only way it can work. So I don't know if that's encouraging, but the point of the story is to focus on you, be the example and just help and encourage when they're ready. The third question is, I love the idea of your offerings, but how important do you think it is to have blood work and testing done from a doctor in order to figure out what really works for your body? Is changing a diet the first step to feeling better or is getting tests done by a naturopathic doctor or nutritionist a better option? Okay, here's my opinion. I think blood work is always a great idea. I think it's always great to have a baseline, to see where you are, to pick up any foods and sensitivities, Um, to pick up any deficiencies that you could maybe supply to your body. So I think blood work is always great. Now, there's a huge cost associated with this. And a lot of times when we come back and we see, okay, this is what's really going on, a lot of the diet paths merge at the same place, right? It's all anti-inflammatory, high nutrition, high fiber, high vegetable, right? And high fat. So I think, yes, on one hand, if you have the option and the availability to get tested, I think that's really, really important, especially if you want to see changes over time. I My blood work has been really powerful for me to open my eyes to see other things. But at the end of the day, my treatment with my diet specifically and my exercise program has been exactly the same. More than anything that changes with my blood work is my supplementation. So my diet really has stuck to the same thing. But I can see that change, you know, year to year or however often you're going to get your blood work retested. 
Um, so you, yes, you can get a good idea. I always recommend it, but I don't think it's the end all be all. Like if you don't have the means, I still think that starting with a healthy diet plan, like going anti-inflammatory is a really great option for anyone. And the fourth question is, how is my health? Um, I haven't talked a lot about my health lately. One, because I'm feeling super well. I, I really like to think that I'm getting back to normal. Now, my practitioner still believes that there's more work to do because she doesn't even think that I can remember my normal. Um, but I feel really, really good. I had this major turning point at some point this year. And I think it came down to, uh, this is this is why I'm going to be so passionate about what we're going to go through this summer. But I was getting a massage and my massage therapist is super great. She's all about healing the body. It's not just relaxation massage. It's how can we support and heal the body? And she was just talking to me about choosing to get better and choosing to let go of some things. And, you know, there there were certain surgeries and, you know, my C-section and things that I thought, well, I wish I could have done this or I wish I would have tried this before I did that and kind of regrets. I had regrets about what has happened to my body in the past. And maybe if I would have noticed X, Y, and Z, I wouldn't be here. And she kind of just talked me through as I was getting a massage. And I feel like this was a really turning point for me. Like it just clicked with me is that, Yes, there's a lot of things that we could have done differently in our life, but continuing to carry the negativity of that was only harming my body. It was really preventing my body from fully getting better because it was continuously carrying the negative emotions inside of it. And instead, she encouraged me, what if we just let that go? Like, what if you just said, that happened? I'm grateful that I was able to carry a baby. I'm grateful that I'm able to be up and being active. And I'm grateful for all that I was able to do and accomplish. And I'm grateful for where my body is now. And just looking at it in a positive light, changing from, I don't think I'm ever going to get better. This is awful to, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to be better than I ever have. And really just changing my mindset from negative to positive. Now this took a lot of work. Um, It wasn't easy. It was a daily battle for a long time, but it just slowly, like once I started to continuously remind myself that my body is pretty amazing and it really does and is capable of doing amazing things, I really felt like things just started to click in my body, like things started to work better. Now, like I said, I still have some things to do. I have a ways to go. Um, I, I found out I have Lyme's bacteria, you know, so technically, quote unquote, Lyme's disease. But at the end of the day, I'm not letting those diagnoses define me. And instead, I'm just choosing that, yes, I believe my body is capable of healing. I believe your body is capable of healing. That's why I'm doing this podcast. And at the end of the day, just being grateful for where I am. Now, that's a really short story for what the mindset and the power that it can do. But at the end of the day, I also started to incorporate my faith and my spirituality and the health of my body because I feel like so often health is hopeless. And I think the only way that we can make health hopeful is through faith in Jesus. Um, And so you're going to hear me talk more and more about that. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about it at the end. But I think that was a huge turning point for my health. So I have to tell you that, yes, I still have bad days, but overall, I feel really, really well. When I go back and get checked, I'm I'm strong in all the points they want me to be strong. I rarely have a weakness. I rarely ever crash. I know my boundaries, though, right? Like, I, I really try to stay within my boundaries. I'm so much better about listening to my body. So I know that's helpful as well. Um, but I just feel like I just have more joy and more passion and more excitement. And I'm I'm able to focus more on the present. And I think all of that has helped me to, to really just find healing. So at the end of the day, my health has gotten so much better. I'm still on a ton of supplement ca- supplements um, that we're hoping in time I'll be able to come off some of those um, just to support my body and my energy. 
I still do quite a bit of treatments, but that has really declined. And more of my treatments today are just preventative and helping my body just really reach another level. But all in all, I'm feeling really, really well. And I've really recognized the power of how bad I really was and how well my body has healed itself over the course of a few years. Um, So that's my health story right now. I'm doing well. Doesn't mean I can't crash again. But like I said, this is really opened my eyes to the power of the mindset and what I want to do and talk about this summer because I've had a lot of emotional work done too. And that's been really, really interesting um, and also healing for me too. And just to talk about things and therapies and um, counseling and all that other stuff has really been healing. So looking at health, not just in how we eat, not in just how we supplement, not in just how we move, but the whole scope of my mindset has made massive, massive strides. So that's where my health is today. Um, And someone asked, how do I plan to stay healthy this summer or how can I get healthy in the summer? This is my last question and really what I want to settle on is how do we get healthy this summer? Okay, summer is one of those times, and I don't know if you're like me, where you have so much expectation and excitement going in. Like the sun is out, the pool is open, we're gonna do so many fun things, but then it's like there's never enough time in the day to get everything done. So my concern for myself right now is that I'm going to be so worried about what I'm not getting done and that I can't fully enjoy what is happening right now. So I'm going back and I'm trying to create healthy rhythms or just daily practices that I do that optimize health, but also help me to achieve and to be present. So trying to pull it all together so I'm not missing any of the components. And like I said, I'm not being reactive, but I'm being proactive. So I have this whole creating healthy summer rhythms guide over in the show notes, but some of the things that I really want you to think about and some of the ways that we can create these healthy rhythms. So I'm thinking of like healthy rhythms is what's a healthy exercise rhythm for summer? What's a healthy healthy eating rhythm for summer? What's a healthy morning routine rhythm for summer? What's a healthy family time rhythm for summer? What's a healthy work rhythm for summer? So kind of looking at all the different segments of life and making it fit and making it work. Because I think, again, and for me specifically, I have a lot of expectations. My bucket list is really long, but I have to be realistic with how much time that I actually have. And really, instead of rushing everything and trying to make it all fit, is to really just focus on what it is I want and kind of slow down and enjoy it. That's my goal for summer. So some of the things that I think that's important to think about is like knowing what has worked well and what doesn't work well. So for me, I know that something that works well for me is knowing my specific work hours. Now, for most people, you probably have set work hours, which is great. For me, I don't. Um, Working at home can create kind of chaos, but going from week to week without really knowing when I'm gonna have the chance to work creates so much anxiety and so much stress because I need time to prepare to work. And I know that sounds crazy, but I need time to like think about, okay, now I'm gonna go into work in an hour. Here's how I start preparing my mind. You know, I'm less focused about getting laundry done and all the things that need to get done in the house. And I start to think more about, you know, how can I be most productive in the time that I have to work and start preparing my kids for me to be gone, you know, to go to a sitter or whatever that looks like. So thinking about what works well and what does it in your life. So I know something that works well is having specific work times every single week and trying to be consistent in that. So setting work hours for myself, um, setting hours to just relax and rest is really important to me. Setting a family day, so a day of no work, is really, really important to me. And I know those things have worked well and prevented burnout. So 
some things to think about, and this is all in that guide, but creating healthy rhythms is really just, again, a means of creating a routine or these presets, things that you can just do knowing that they work for you and they provide enjoyment for you. And so thinking about this, like what are some things that have worked well in the past? What hobbies or activities make you feel alive and excited? Like we can have this whole bucket list, but it's sorting through what are the things that you think you should do versus what are the things that you really, really want to do? So for me, I know I'm less about going out and doing things and I'm more about let's just take the kids to the pool and lounge and go on long bike rides and, you know, not have to go to all these crazy festivals and events, which I love in small doses, but they can be really overwhelming with kids. And we've done that before, but I know that we're just more happy and relaxed just when we are at the pool lounging. I also talk to my kids that this is a really little thing that can be nitty gritty, but we're we're like pool rats. We go to the pool all the time. The kids love it. But one thing that they always get hungry at the pool and they always want snacks. Now, last year, we just settled on popcorn. Everyone got popcorn at the end of the day. Well, my oldest said, mom, can't we get something other than popcorn this year? Well, in the health world, there's just not a lot of great options out there at the pool other than candy and ice cream and all this stuff. And I think every day that that really adds up. And again, not to deprive them. So we had a little family meeting the other night and I said, you know, the swimming pool is opening and I know every day we go, you want a snack, which rightfully so when you're at the pool for two and a half hours swimming, it can make kids hungry. I don't know what it is about water, but it makes kids really, really hungry. And so I said, you know, what if we packed a snack that when we got in the car, there was a snack ready for you and we could have that or we could have popcorn. Or my other option was we could save all the money that we would spend on snacks at the pool, like on popcorn, and we can save that up. And every Friday after the pool, we can go get ice cream. So during the week, we're going to have a healthy snack. I'm going to pack apples and peanut butter and then the rest of the week, or on Fridays, we can go and get ice cream when dad gets home. They were like, yes, all about that. That negotiation of, we don't have to spend all this money at the concession stand, which popcorn is really inexpensive, and but it's really not good at all. It's not good popcorn. Um, or we can, we can negotiate something here that works for all of us and still be indulgent with it. And so we know that is just a preset that we're going to do is that four or five days a week, we're going to pack our snack and then we're going to get once a week, we're going to go out for ice cream. And I think that's a memory that will last. So it's about give or take, right? It's about finding that indulgent, fun, happy life that you really want to live and making health a part of that. Um, Other things for me is like coming up with a exercise routine of, you know, this is what time I'm going to wake up in the mornings and this is what I'm going to do. So it's no longer a daily option, but it's just a daily habit that I do. So that's about creating summer routines. Now, it doesn't have to just look like that for you. I think it's important to know your own life and what it is that you want in creating those presets or those rhythms for you and your family that work so that you can really live present this summer and put focus into your health and mindset and all of the above. So again, head on over to the show notes at simplerootswellness.com backslash 089 to get all of the information on that summer rhythms guy. Okay. And then just a couple more things. Obviously, if we were really sitting down together, I really believe that I would also let you do some talking because I feel like I'm just ranting. Clearly, we could have hours together in person. Okay. But the other thing that I want to talk about is what's coming up this summer. It kind of goes along with the summer rhythms. It kind of goes along with my own health journey. It it really pulls all this together. And the thing about summer is I really want to dig into the mindset. Because like my big question lately, like through this whole year and 
And at one of the last funerals that I was at, I was talking to a family member um, who I really respect and I love her opinion. And and we were talking and, and she was saying, you know, I know all of this health information. I know what it is. I can obsess about it. I can do all that and I can strictly watch everything that I do. But she's like, I was at a baby shower the other day and I just decided I was going to enjoy the food that was there, even though it was not food that I normally ate. And she's like, I enjoyed it. I didn't really think about it. And she's like, I felt really, really well. And so she's like, it got me thinking, am I just stressing myself so much that nothing really digests well? And what would happen if I just kind of let go and just let myself enjoy the life that I was living? What would change from there? And I was like, oh my goodness, that's exactly where I want to go this summer because I really believe that the majority of health is just our mindset. It's what we think because our emotions and our mindset, that at the end of the day has one of the largest physiological impacts on our body. So our emotions, what we think, are releasing chemical messengers that then tell other neurons in our brain to release certain enzymes and certain hormones, which communicate throughout the rest of our body. So yes, what we think, especially what we think about how we're eating, how we're exercising, that changes how healthy that specific thing is for our body. So can we think ourselves then? I don't know if we can go that far, but we can definitely think ourselves to health. I really believe it. Um, especially because what they're finding is that if we have a better mindset about healthier things, we'll actually crave healthier things. And so we can, if we can just get ourselves to change our mindset, to change our relationships, to get rid of all this toxic junk that we've been led to believe, this all or nothing, this fight or flight mentality, these stressful situations, and really just change our view of stress, of health, of exercise, and really step into something more positive, can things change? And what research is showing time and time and time again is absolutely, in fact, it can change everything. I'm experiencing this. I've seen it in other people. I just talked to a lady that I've counseled over many, many years, and she um, struggled to lose weight for many, many years, and she lost over 100 pounds. And, you know, I think I, I just said, what do you think the biggest thing that you did was? And she said, it's simply because I viewed healthy food in an exciting and enjoyable way. Never before had I done that. It was always restriction, deprivation, something I had to do. And finally, it clicked with me is that I want to get healthy and I want to feel good. And what I found was that healthy food made me feel good. And so I just kept wanting more and more and more of it. So yes, she made changes, but she wanted to make those changes. And it wasn't this strict all or none thing. She just simply just started changing the way she thought about health. And it changed her health for good. So if we got a better mindset, could we make health easy? I really think so. I mean, I don't I don't believe that health was something that had to be so much work, not as much work as it was placed upon us. Health was just something that was designed in us, right? Like all these things, we don't have to tell our hormones when to release. Like all of our health mechanisms are doing the job regardless of what we're telling it to do. And so... And, and, and on top of that, we have tons of mechanisms like our thirst mechanism and our hunger signals that tell us when we should be doing certain things, when our body needs certain things. But your body doesn't need help living. We don't have to actively think about breathing or beating our heart, right? Like our body just does that. I really believe that our body was designed with purpose, 
within the intent that health was not ever something that we had to be obsessed about, but it was something that we used to live for something more. So health is a means of living for something more. It's our vessel. Yes, we have to take care of that, but it's not the end all be all. It's not what our goal and our focus of life should be. And that's what we've made health to be, is this big focus of health. It it runs so many people's life. It runs our mindset and we're constantly bombarded with it. And so I really wanna help change the course of health for the better and hopefully just do that by starting to change the mindset or at least looking at the mindset. We're gonna tear that down this summer But I can't not talk about the mindset without talking about faith and spirituality because I think our mindset can only go so far with an an eternal hope, right? Um, Because I think we can worry so much about disease and if we'll ever get anywhere and, and looking like X, Y, and Z. But without that hope and that faith and something more, we're really hopeless. Like there's no end purpose that we can ever reach that will ever be satisfying. And so I think that the only way we can have the right mindset, the positive mindset, is having the hope in eternity and knowing that we were created here with purpose and on purpose and for a purpose. And that in that purpose, we can do great and mighty work and that we don't have to worry about death because Jesus conquered death, right? And so I think that living in the present, living in the moment, and living content and satisfied can only come for through Jesus. And that's why I want to lay that firm foundation and just hit off summer hardcore with knowing that the only way that we can live in health is to believe and act in faith. And because faith is our only hope, right? It's our it's our only purpose, it's our only mission, and that is what catapults us to want to do better things, to want to live more presently focused, to live more satisfied. And without that, we're just constantly seeking satisfaction in things that will never, never fill us, right? Without faith, we have a void. And that void will never be filled in food. It will never be filled in how many minutes you can work out or how many steps you can accomplish. It will never be filled in a significant other or in having more children or having your children live the perfect life. It will never be satisfied in money or our status or having X amount of likes on social media, it will never be filled unless we can fill it with Jesus. And without filling that void, we're going to be seeking and searching and really at the end of the day, living kind of in negativity and disappointment because nothing will add up. So I think if we start to lay that firm foundation, we can see that void be filled and we can then start to build the pillars of health off of that. But without that, the pillars of health just kind of constantly crumble, right? It's never good enough. It's never satisfying enough. Getting to your goal weight wasn't good enough. All these things that you wanted never add up. And that's because without faith, nothing ever will. So we have to have that faith. Next week, I'm going to dive a little bit more into that as well as the start of mindset and what this means for our health. So we're going to dig into, it's a little bit of faith and a little bit of um, sciencey mindset stuff. And we're just going to kind of start combining it together. I also have some other pretty cool guests coming on. I have someone talking about personality types, specifically the Enneagram and what knowing your Enneagram can mean for how you plan and live your life. And I have a psychologist coming on to talk about relationships. I have uh, my own practitioner, Dr. Cooper, who's been on a previous show, talking about the emotional response in the body. Um, 
I have someone coming on to talk about anxiety and depression. So there's just a lot of great stuff coming up. I'm so, 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 so pumped about this. I hope you can hear it in my voice. I hope you stay tuned to listen in on that. But just know that faith component is critical. We're going to talk more about that. But simply filling that void just means accepting and loving Jesus as your Savior and living for eternity. So knowing that there's an eternal perspective of Jesus conquered death, that we no longer have to worry about that, that we have a life after this. And that life is so much better than here. Um, and 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 that simply comes from believing in Jesus and, and knowing his deep and unfailing love for us. It's as simple as that. Okay, but we're going to talk more about that next week. Also this summer, I have lots of recipes. And one more thing, this summer I'm also doing the health questions. So your most embarrassing health questions answered. My sister, Whitney, um, will actually be on the show with me and we're going to be diving into this. It's going to be a lot of fun. They're just a short bonus episodes. But some of the questions that I've gotten, which I'm going to have to narrow down, are things like body odor, including vaginal odor, libido problems, constipation, and what the color of your bowel movements, aka your poop, actually means. Why is one breast bigger than the other? Do flip-flops really protect your feet at the gym? Should I be concerned about how easily I bruise? Painful menstruation and sex. Is it possible to literally be addicted to chocolate and dandruff? How do I treat dandruff? There was a couple of other ones, but those are the main ones. Like I said, I'm going to narrow it down into like six episodes. And so if you have a preference, please let me know. But that's what's coming up. I thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Breakfast with Alexa. Again, head on over to the show notes, simplewordswellness.com backslash 089 to learn more. Keep submitting questions because I'm going to do another episode midsummer, kind of breaking up the mindset series over the 4th of July to add a little bit of extra encouragement into your summer. But in the meantime, again, I'm so excited that you're here. If you wouldn't mind, take a minute to rate and review the show. Just head on over to simplewordswellness.com backslash reveal. I say it all the time, but it's literally the lifeblood of the show. I read every single comment and you guys are literally the best. I can't thank you enough for being here, for doing that. It takes two minutes out of your day and you only have to do it once. So again, that's simplewordswellness.com backslash review, or you can simply find Simple Words Radio on iTunes. And as always, don't forget to share this episode. If you liked it, share it with your friends and family. Fill them in on a little Q&A and get them excited and pumped up for the summer series all on mindset. So again, thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Alexa Sherm and Facebook at Simple Roots Wellness. And as always, don't forget to head to the show notes, simplewordswellness.com backslash 089. 